If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here's your host, Brian Reinbold. And welcome, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're going to talk about an unbelievable story. To connect with us, uh, check out our sponsor website, braveheartsforkids.org. You can also connect with me on email at missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. And be sure to connect with us on social media, especially LinkedIn, where I've been making some terrific connections and getting some really good show programs set up because of the connections that we're making on LinkedIn. And one of those connections is my guest today, Aaron Beverly. Aaron is a world champion speaker and storyteller who helps introverts and the quiet voices in the room thrive in the workplace using public speaking and storytelling. And uh, connect with Aaron at AaronWBeverly.com. Welcome, Aaron. Good to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Brian. And, uh, you know, when, when, when I started in... Uh, Toastmasters, our connection is through uh, the Toastmasters International Organization, where you are the world champion of public speaking. And I saw the uh, the finals from Denver this year. I was at a, 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 a get-together of some Toastmasters in the Chicago area, and we went to, uh, we, we watched the, uh, the six finalists, and afterwards I thought, uh, uh, Aaron, Aaron's going to win. He's not, it's not even close. Uh, really liked your speech. I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, one of the things, you know, so I, I said that the title of our episode today uh, on Bravehearts Radio is uh, an unbelievable story. And I, I, I got, I got a quote, and I, I, it's from you. It says, "Just because you say more doesn't mean people remember what you say." And yeah. uh, I think you started out your, your speech this year talking about the, uh, the the long title that you had last time you spoke in the finals, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was from 2016. That speech that I gave in the 2016 World Championship of Public Speaking was notorious because it had a, an extremely long speech title. For context, the Toastmaster speech contest, they will recommend that your titles be short, no longer than five words. I decided to times that by 10 plus seven, and my title was 57 words long. The funny part about that is that when the person who's running the contest introduces the speaker, they have to say the person's name and then the speech title, and then they have to repeat the speech title, then say the person's name. So my speech, it took about a good two minutes just to read my title fully. 
I was thinking that could be a clever way to get some extra content into your speech because you're, you're limited to a, a five to seven minute speech. So if you got a, a two minute introduction, you could, you could have a nine to 11 minute speech and have somebody <laughs> give part of it for you, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they will not be able to do that. I'm pretty sure that I'm the last person that will ever do that in the contest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when, and the, uh, the idea just because you say more doesn't mean people remember what you say. That reminded me of something, uh, uh, I have a lot of favorite quotes, and one is from Dwight Eisenhower, and he said, uh, an intellectual is a man who takes, more, who takes more words than necessary to tell you more than he knows. And I, I wonder, uh, how did, where, where did the, uh, just because you say more doesn't mean people will remember what you say, where does, uh, how, does how did that come about? Uh, I honestly can't remember where that came from. It, it wasn't prompted from a previous quote. It was just a point that I wanted to make because people always say that I needed to say more or they, need, they always said that I needed to make sure my voice was heard. And I was always a person that wanted to be more quiet. I wanted to listen. And once I understood what was being said, then I would speak because I thought that I would be knowledgeable enough at that point to say something. And when I did, it would be something of merit. You know that everything reminds me of a story, Aaron, and, and I, I'm thinking of uh, uh, when I worked in the uh, legislature in North Dakota back in 2001, and I was uh, working in the, in the Senate. There was a fellow named John Andrist from Crosby, North Dakota, and he was uh, the publisher of the newspaper up there. And quite often when there would be some sort of debate or uh, you know, discussion in the Senate, he, he would be one of the last people to speak and he would have, he would have just a sentence or a, only a, literally a few words to say about it. And I, I, I commented to him once about that. And uh, uh, he, he said, you know, by the, most of the time, nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> So, uh, but his brevity was, was remarkable because he, he usually hit the nail on the head pretty well. And so often you hear speakers just go on and on. I know I do that all the time. I just go on and on and on and on. Like right now, you know, just keep in, keep going. <laughs> and, uh, uh, there is, there's some, uh, value in brevity, right? Oh yeah, Absolutely. How did you get started in uh, the Toastmasters organization? Well, I got started in Toastmasters at the behest of somebody who had made it very far in the Toastmasters organization. Mm -hmm. I went to a very small college called Central Pennsylvania College. The college is really small. Even people who live in Central Pennsylvania don't know that it exists. And on that campus, it just so happened that a former Toastmasters International president was an adjunct professor there. Hmm. His name is Dilip Abesekura, and he was the person who introduced me to Toastmasters. Okay. I met him in my sophomore year of college, and I was amazed by his ability to speak. And in that same year, I had a traumatizing experience where I totally forgot what I wanted to say while I was on stage in front of a large group of people. Mm. So it took me a while to recover from that. But I ended up taking Dillip up on his offer to join Toastmasters. 
I joined in 2009, and I haven't looked back since. 2009. Uh, I, I joined uh, the Toastmasters in uh, 2014. And I remember you remind me of the uh, the first speech that I gave. And of course, they called it the icebreaker. And it's an easy speech, supposedly, because you're talking mostly about yourself a little bit. And I gave the first line of the speech. And I'd done a lot of speaking before, but I'd never, ever, ever spoken completely without notes. And so that was an experience that I had with the, the Toastmasters Club 2014. And I, I gave the first line of my speech, forgot what I was going to say, just froze. Then mm-hmm. I remembered what I was going to say and I continued and I, I finished the rest of the speech. And, and the fellow who evaluated me, uh, Tony Livernoy, uh, Tony is a terrific Toastmaster, an amazing evaluator, and uh, a real servant leader in the Toastmasters organization. Hi, Tony. And uh, he, he, he started out his evaluation with, you have the pause down. And I, I realized at that moment that I really can't make a mistake up there. Hmm. Nobody knows what I'm going to say next. And I, I came to realize and I expressed this often. I usually don't know what I'm going to say next. But um, I, I thought, you know, that was, a, that was an empowering uh, evaluation. And uh, we've had a lot of fun with it. I bring it up frequently um, because we're in, we're in a club together. And I bring it up frequently when I'm, uh, say, general evaluator for the, uh, for the meeting. So. so Central Pennsylvania College. Um, I would, I'm always looking to make connections. I uh, went to second grade in uh, State College, which is just about right in the middle of Pennsylvania, I think. Is that nearby Central Pennsylvania College? Uh, so actually, it is right across the river from Harrisburg. So I'm not sure how, okay. cen- how truly Central Pennsylvania it is, but that, that was the name of the school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I sort of remember where Harrisburg was. My dad was a grad student at Penn State, and uh, okay. so I, I was in second grade there. And uh, that my classmates were, you know, we didn't realize it uh, until much later that we we were living right across the street from campus. And most of the kids that went to Fairmont Avenue Elementary School were the children of grad students. So I had friends from at that time from all over the country, and you know, a couple from uh, international. Um, dad being a geography teacher, we, uh, were the host family for all of the students from around the world who would come to Valley city state, the little town in in North Dakota where I grew up and he was the geography teacher. So about 7,000 people in the town and we got to be the host family for people from all over the world. And we did, we called them exchange students at that time and didn't realize until much later that there wasn't anybody from Valley city that was going to Greece or India, let alone Sudan or the Gambia. Uh, you know, they were just, uh, people that came to the school, but we got to meet all of them. I knew people from all over the world by the time I was out of high school. And you look back and you think, well, that's, normal the way you grow up, but I, I came to realize, you know, that's not anywhere near normal and probably especially for somebody growing up in North Dakota. But yeah. What an opportunity, you know, making that connection. Yeah. Something I really, really appreciated about your uh, world championship uh, speech was the, uh, the, the way you closed it and the idea of, uh, of unity and bringing people together. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's an important area for you, isn't it? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I grew up in a urban Philadelphia neighborhood and basically my world was as big as that neighborhood and as big as my family and neighbors around me. Mm -hmm. I really didn't experience the larger world. As I grew up, I began to realize how much bigger the world truly was. And as I joined Toastmasters even, I learned about different cultures and different backgrounds. And after learning that, it made me realize, hey, we hear about all of these differences on TV and we hear about all of the discrimination and the racism, but at the end of the day, we are really much more alike than we think. Mm -hmm. Even the cultures that we think are so vastly different, if you look at the foundations of what they stand for, they're very much similar. So all of this hatred and discrimination is really superficial. Mm -hmm. I, I remember in, uh, in February of 2008, um, and I would, you know, living in Bismarck, North Dakota, it's uh, what people would think of as a red state. And I'd have coffee with a bunch of other businessmen, and, and um, uh, I had just heard uh, or seen and heard a, a speaker uh, the night before, and I, uh, Barack Obama, for the first time I'd seen him speak, and he spoke about how what brings us together or what, what unites us is, is greater than what divides us. And, and I thought, I thought that was such a good message. I, I told the guys at the coffee, I said, this guy can win. He can win big. And uh, it, you know, as it turned out, you know, he, he really came, came from, I suppose, way behind it you know, February of the, of the, of that year to, uh, to become president. And, um, that idea that what unites us is greater than what divides us, I think is, is even bigger than the idea of being Americans, which I think is what he was, he was getting at in, in his political mm -hmm. speech. But the idea of what unites us is, is, is that is, uh, the, the spirit of the universe, man, we're, we're connected in ways that, um, fundamentally at the, uh, at, at the spiritual level with all people and uh, from all cultures and what the, the similarities that we have and the things that we really desire are, are very similar across all, all cultural uh, situations, I think, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's funny that you mentioned Barack Obama because he was actually the straw that broke the camel's back and made me join Toastmasters. When I was in college, I saw him on the campaign trail. And again, same with the guy who I mentioned before, Dilapabe Sekera. I just saw his ability to speak and his ability to move people through his words. And that really inspired me. And I said to myself, I want to have that ability. And I joined Toastmasters partially because of Barack Obama. Well, and, and you are the master storyteller. We, um, it, you know, that's, a, that's a great story in itself. We're going to take a break now and uh, be back on the other side of 60 Seconds with more uh, Aaron Beverly and the uh, unbelievable story on Bravehearts Radio. Stick with us.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the Mission Specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're talking about an unbelievable story with Aaron Beverly, the world champion of public speaking for Toastmasters International. And Aaron's a world champion speaker and a storyteller who helps introverts and the quiet voices in the room thrive in the workplace using public speaking and storytelling. And I wanted to, uh, I guess, next get into the uh, idea of uh, introversion and quiet voices. And, you know, those of us who, who do speak and, and, uh, and, and present are often thought of as, oh, you must be an expert. You have to be an extrovert to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and um, uh, I, I was in outside sales most of my life. And I would tell people at, at uh, con, you know, conferences and such, no, I'm an introvert. And they're like, you know, there's no way. Uh, you, get the, you get some of that too, right? <laughs> yep, I absolutely do. I tell people that I'm an introvert and they say, what? How can that be? That's impossible. I even told some of my closer friends this and they say, oh, what? That's, that's BS. There's no way that you can be an introvert. And I tell them that it really is. And I think it's mainly because people don't realize what it truly means to be an extrovert and an introvert. Introversion is a matter of where you get your energy. Uh, Same with extroversion. Mm -hmm. So an introvert, they tend to gain their energy when they are alone. That's when they can refuel. That's when they can recharge. Mm-hmm. they'll lose that energy the more they engage with people, especially in situations like a party or a networking event. Personally, 
I can't last but so long in those situations. It's just a lot of things going on and it just overwhelms me to the point where I say, okay, I have to go somewhere. I have to be alone. Now, an extrovert, on the other hand, they gain energy through interaction. So they're much more comfortable in a party. They're more comfortable in a networking event because they thrive on the engagement with people. Now, where they don't thrive is in situations where they have to be alone for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. That's not how they recharge. That's not how they refuel. So it's not a matter of, oh, you can speak well, so therefore you must be an extrovert. No, it has nothing to do with your ability to speak, actually. And it has more to do with where you gain and lose your energy. You know, I, I remember taking a personality test uh, some years ago, and I, I told a fellow about it. And I said, uh, I said, hey, I took a personality test, and I tested positive. And he said, uh, I think you should demand a recount. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I, it's the you know you're familiar with the Myers Briggs I suppose and and yeah. the uh, uh, I tested as an INFJ which is an introvert and um, I, I was telling somebody about that and they said oh you can't be an introvert and I said well you know it's interesting because the description of the INFJ in uh, in the Myers Briggs begins with the the sentence uh, often mistaken for extroverts because they are so outgoing huh interesting. And, and that's, I thought, and that's interesting because, it, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd come to realize the idea that, that the introversion is, um, uh, it, you know, that's something that uh, I'd, I'd rather, I, I tend to rather um, quiet times in the evening, for example, rather than going out and having a party, you know. Yeah. And, you know, did plenty of that when I was younger, definitely. But uh, uh, I, I imagine it was, probably, it was probably draining on me. You know, so um, how, um, how uh, you know you say you um, uh, you do help introverts in the quiet voices in the room. You say uh, mm-hmm. thrive in the workplace uh, through public speaking and storytelling. Um, how do you how do you do that? Well, the main thing that I do is I try to get people who are shy and more introverted to realize that public speaking is actually the best activity that you can do if you are an introvert. And what do I mean by that? Mm -hmm. When you are an introvert, like I said before, you will lose energy the more you engage with people. Mm -hmm. Now for me, the engagement and the loss of energy through engagement usually comes from trying to think about what to say and the stress of thinking about what to say and wondering how to respond to somebody who talks to me. So that interaction And that thinking about it is what drains me. Now, when I'm on stage, I dictate what I'm going to say. The more skilled you are as a speaker, you will basically be able to dictate what the audience is going to give you back. In terms of if you have a call and response, you get the audience to say something. Or if you are a seasoned vet and you know exactly what lines are going to get certain reactions you're able to dictate how the audience is going to react more or less. In addition to that, it's as if you're only speaking to one person, but you're engaging with dozens, hundreds, in some cases, even thousands of people at a time. So it's a lot more efficient to 
reach other people if you're on stage and you're being able to dictate what you're going to give them instead of interacting with them one after the other. So mm-hmm. if, if I had to interact with all of those people one after the other, of course that would drain me. But if I'm just talking to one person, it becomes a lot easier. And when you're on stage, it's as if you're speaking to one person. Do you find that there are uh, situational um, exceptions to this perhaps um, where you're, uh, where you are energized by being with other people? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the other things that I will try to get introverts and people who are more quiet to recognize. Sometimes when you are good at something or when you are really passionate about something, you will find that you're able to do things a little bit longer than you would if you weren't interested or had a passion about them. Mm -hmm. So I have a big passion about public speaking. So when I go to a conference around public speaking, I'm able to go and mingle and chat with people and talk about public speaking because that's something that I'm interested in. That's something that I'm passionate about. So where my energy would usually be drained, it doesn't drain as quickly as long as I'm passionate about what I'm talking about. That's, I, 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 um, that's recognizable to me. You know, I've, I've got uh, six grown children. And uh, years ago, I got involved with something called multiple intelligences theory. We've had some talk about that. So, in fact, Grace Bridie from Philadelphia was uh, a guest a couple months ago that we talked about multiple intelligences theory and the idea that people are smart in a lot of different ways. And uh, I got involved with that because my son, John, was, was really quiet and like really, really quiet and shy and um, uh, the teachers were concerned that he would spend uh, he would spend the time at recess uh, uh, just talking with his sister uh, his older sister my daughter Jennifer and I thought that doesn't sound like a problem to me you know that sounds like no peer pressure involved there I think as a parent I thought that was probably pretty cool but I found that you know found out a little bit more about multiple intelligences and um, John is a guy that uh, he he doesn't have a lot to say unless you get on a topic that he's passionate about and then mm-hmm. man he's a he's a great conversationalist and he can really roll with it yeah yeah that's sometimes that's all it takes you have to be passionate and energetic about what it is that you are talking about or what you're doing. When you have that, it energizes you and you can feel that you can talk about it forever. And, you know, I, I suppose one of the things that's may, may be difficult for the, uh, for the introvert is the, the, the chat that, uh, that draws that out. Is that, is that, uh, does that make sense? No, I couldn't quite catch that one. Uh, they say that, that something that that is uh, that is difficult for the introvert is is um, uh, you know if I'm if I'm trying to find out what it is that you're passionate about, you know, just the uh, the chatting uh, that's involved with uh, with drawing that um, uh, draw, drawing that uh, that passion out. Uh, yeah, I, I think that would be tougher, especially if you're meeting this person for the first time. Mm-hmm. So if you're engaging me one-on-one and you don't know who I am, it'll probably take a little bit for you to get to what I'm passionate about. Now, I've become more used to networking events. Mm -hmm. 
since I've gotten older and more experience with other parts of public speaking. But if a stranger comes up to you, yeah, it's going to be hard to do that because introverts don't tend to be good at small talk. So, and there will be yeah. a lot of small talk that will be necessary to get to what you're passionate about. But one of the things that you can do if you are a person who's trying to understand an introvert and what they're interested in, just simply ask, what are you interested in? What are you passionate about? Mm -hmm. And the key is you should really be genuinely interested in something that they say that they're passionate about. And even if you're not, the one thing that you can ask or say to that is, tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. And then see how much they give you. And then once they're giving you information, you can always try to find something to latch on to and drive the conversation that way. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that um, you remind me of, uh, you know, my, my wife will be on a, um, on a plane, for example, and she'll be sitting next to someone and, and talking the whole time. And um, by the end of the conversation, the, the other person has talked almost the entire flight and um, they don't even know her name, and and uh, but they think she's a brilliant conversationalist because mm. she has that ability to draw people out like that. Yeah, and um, that's uh, that um, that's, that's that's quite a talent, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so uh, storytelling, uh, we we talk a little bit about that on the show. Um, how storytelling is the next generation of social media. What, what do you think about that idea, Aaron? Well, honestly, I think storytelling is in almost everything that we do. So we watch television. We're pretty mm -hmm. much drawn to quality television programs because they're telling us a good story. Mm -hmm. Even when we were kids, we were read stories as children. Parents would read books to us. We would read books and we would enjoy them that way. When we go to a movie, a good movie is a good story. Mm -hmm. But then we move into the social media realm, and now it's become almost constant storytelling. So people will post about their opinions and their thoughts, and they're sharing their lives with us, and it's become a story. You're basically telling us what's happening in your day. You're telling us the things that are wrong. You're telling us the things that are right. You're telling us the things that you love. You're telling us the things that you hate. Mm -hmm. So everything involves storytelling now. It's, I mean, it's gotten to a point where in social media, like on Facebook and Instagram, they call certain things stories. So you have about 15 seconds to share something with your followers. Yeah, you really have to be able to tell a story more quickly now, don't you? Exactly. Your attention spans. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. See, you have to not only tell a story, but keep people's interest long enough for them to care. And now, nowadays, it takes seconds for somebody to lose interest. Yeah. Well, and we want everyone to stick with us and, and uh, keep their interest high in Bravehearts Radio We're with Aaron Beverly talking about an unbelievable story and uh, get back to storytelling on the other side of 60 seconds. Time for us to take a break. Stick with us.
Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to braveheartsforkids.org. That's braveheartsforkids.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned into voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're talking about an unbelievable story with Aaron Beverly, Toastmasters International, world champion of public speaker speaking, and... Uh, a, a leader and storyteller who helps introverts and the quiet voices in the room thrive in the workplace using public speaking and storytelling. We were talking about storytelling uh, when we went to the break, Aaron. Uh, one of the stories that I tell uh, in the third segment of the show all the time is about the uh, National Day Calendar. NationalDayCalendar.com is a terrific sponsor of the Brave Hearts for Kids uh, Pediatric Cancer Charity. And uh, tomorrow is National Bravehearts Day. Uh, the National Day calendar uh, gave us the uh, National Bravehearts Day every year, April 28th. That's, uh, that's our day. So uh, a, a big uh, shout out to uh, Marlo and all the people at National Day calendar, and, and thanks for National Bravehearts Day. Um, well, talking about s- storytelling, you're, you're, you also do um, uh, training, and I, I see uh, on uh, your your uh, description and your signature block in on your uh, email that you're a world traveler. Yes, is is that a passion too? Oh yeah, it's one of the things that I was drawn to as a kid. It it's a funny story how I was interested in world travel, but I my mother bought me a movie, The Chipmunks Race Around the World, or something like that, and. <laughs> I just fell in love with this concept of traveling around the world and seeing different places. And mind you, I love music. So the fact that the chipmunks sing and they were talking about going singing about going all around the world, that really appealed to me. So it was something that I 
wanted to do as a child. And yeah. when I went to college, one of the big criteria that I had was that you had to have an immersion program that involved traveling around the world. Wow, that's a that's a pretty good uh, college program. Where where did you go? Where did you travel to in college? So I was able to go to Australia. That was my first international trip that wasn't in the Caribbean, and it was that I believe was one of the turning points of my life, where I was able to be independent in another country and another culture, albeit it's not that vastly different from. American culture is still Western culture, but still Mm -hmm. it was in a totally different place and I have no backup anywhere near. Basically the closest help that I have is about 2000 miles across the ocean. And it was just a great experience and I've been addicted to traveling ever since. That's fantastic. Australia is, you know, where did you go in Australia? I have to ask you that. So we stayed mostly on the East Coast side of Australia. So Mm -hmm. we were based in a place called Harvey Bay. Mm -hmm. And I forget which state in Australia that is, but we were mainly in the Queensland area. And I think Harvey Bay was in Queensland. And we traveled up to Cairns. We also went to Sydney. There were some people who went to the... Gold Coast, there were some people who went down to Melbourne, and some even went down to New Zealand, which mm-hmm. obviously isn't Australia, is mm-hmm. another country, but still. But that whole experience was just absolutely amazing. You just got to meet so many different amazing people. You got to experience a whole different culture, namely the one thing that sticks out is the work culture, pretty much a four-day work week, which is something I believe should be adopted worldwide. But it was just absolutely amazing. Well, the, the Queensland in particular is is something that um, uh, you know when I, so many of my friends go south for the uh, for the winter, and I you know, growing up in North Dakota uh, that covers just about anywhere. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know they go to Florida, they go to Arizona, they go to Brownsville, Texas, something like that, and and uh, yeah. they're going south. And my idea of going south for the winter is Queensland or Wellington. You know, I mean, I'm talking about where. Uh, Christmas is the beginning of summer for them. Yeah. That's a really different perspective. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and Queensland, uh, you know, that man, I tell you what, that, that's got some, uh, that's got some really, really, um, you know, beautiful places that I, that I've seen in tour guides. So yeah, I, I, I have to, uh, applaud you for that. Now you, you also did, uh, you've traveled to India. Uh, yes. your, your speech, uh, uh, that was the world champion speech, uh, was described, uh, the wedding in India. W- where did that take place? So that took place in Nagpur, which is right in the middle of India. Okay. Be like the Kansas city of India or something like that. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, it, that, 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 that's a, that's a pretty good description actually. That's bad. Uh, so, uh, so something that you know, I, I run into a lot of people uh, that are that are from India, that uh, grew up in India, live you know, live in the United States now, and and uh, we you know work together and and uh, are in Toastmasters together, for example. And uh, I I am always uh, I, I I always get a surprised reaction when I when I ask where are you from, and they say India. And they say, but what part? Where in India? 
and as as if Americans view things like Australia as well, it's just Australia or India. Well, it's India, but India man, is huge, and it's got it's a long way east to west, it's a long way north to south, and it's got some cultural differences too, doesn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of different cultures within that country. So yeah. So one of the things that that we are uh, doing with uh, with the uh, Brave Hearts Radio is uh, well, we, I I do retreats. My my most favorite thing to do is uh, retreats for for businesses for you know board of directors. Uh, we do something, for example, called the Idea Hierarchy, where we we take uh, nine hundred ideas and brainstorming in the morning and boil it down to three things that we're going to put our energy and creativity and um, uh, and attention into and intention into uh, by the end of the by the end of the day, and uh, uh, started putting together things uh, thought leader summits. And uh, because Grace from uh, Philadelphia was on the show a while back, she's she's fired up about uh, having a thought leader summit in Philadelphia. And uh, I think I think you'd be a, a terrific uh, guy to have at a thought leader summit in Philadelphia or you know anywhere. You know we've got got things uh, planned for Ireland and Kauai uh, for for next year as well. So uh, Chicago this year, Bismarck this year. Hey, got to got to uh, take things back to my old hometown. But uh, half the guests at this point have been from North Dakota here on Bravehearts Radio. So. Uh, how, how does that sound? It put you on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you pretty much trapped me in a corner here, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I, I offer it as a as a compliment. I think I think of you as a thought leader, uh, in addition to a great speaker. You know, you're. Um, uh, you, you, I think part of the reason that uh, that you come across so well as a speaker is because the ideas that you have and the love that you present. Uh, through your ideas is something that really that really hits home with people and they can relate to that yeah yeah Uh, and actually to touch on that a little bit more I think that really is the purpose of a speaker so if you are a speaker you have an idea you have a message that you want to share the mission as a speaker should be to convey that so that mm-hmm. you can help other people to share that idea with other people to try to make the world a better place in the way that you envision. So having those types of thoughts and being able to refine those thoughts is definitely critical. Well, you have a, you have an audience of millions worldwide now because of your uh, your your fame and achievement as the uh, world champion of public speaking. I think it was something like thirty thousand people uh, participated in that contest um, at, from the beginning. So that's it, it's a um, it, it's a tremendous achievement. Uh, I I just find that um, the uh, the ideas uh, are something that people they 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 relate well to uh, to what you present and. Um, and I just wanted to let you know that. So, yeah, appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you do you do uh, seminars, uh, keynote speeches, um, training. You do one on one training. Um, 
all kinds of things like that? Yeah, yeah. So I have been getting more involved in the professional speaking side. One thing that people mistake about Toastmasters is that they believe that it's going to help you become a professional speaker. That's not what Toastmasters is for. Toastmasters Mm -hmm. is really about helping people learn the foundations of public speaking Mm -hmm. and help them utilize those communication skills in terms of leadership. But it is not there to help you learn how to get into the business of public speaking. Mm -hmm. That is reserved for other organizations like the National Speakers Association and other organizations like the National Speakers Association. And that is the side that I have been trying to get involved with more. So Mm -hmm. I've been doing trainings, I've been giving keynote speeches, and it's something that I've learned that I really enjoy doing. So we talked about finding those things that you really are passionate about and those things that you really enjoy doing. I really enjoy speaking, I really enjoy facilitating, and more than Mm -hmm. anything, I really enjoy helping people and giving them something of value. You know, I can relate to that uh, because I really enjoy speaking, um, and I, but I, I, I like facilitating. And I found the radio program is a is a great place. It's a great place for me. And we we kind of came to this conclusion. Not kind of we came to this conclusion that we can do the radio show from anywhere, and as long as I can continue to talk, I can continue to do. Uh, radio program, you know, so that can be done from mm-hmm. from uh, Queensland if we if we want to do that uh, over the uh, what you call winter here, uh, we can we can do that. Um, I joined the National Speakers Association in in uh, the Chicagoland area and uh, participated in, in uh, what they call the uh, Speakers Academy uh, three times in a row. And I remember coming into it, I I thought, well, I've been in Toastmasters for a long time. And they asked, what do you speak about? And I, my answer was, I talk about everything. I'm interested in all kinds of things. And they, they quickly <laughs> said, if you're a professional speaker, that's not going to work. You've got to have a niche. You've got you yeah. to narrow it down. And uh, so, um, I, you know, I've worked on, I've worked on that. And, uh, uh, I went to the academy a second time, and the first uh, first time we met, and they went around the room. What do you speak about? And I thought, oh no, not that question again. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and and uh, my dad was uh, was a terrific uh, keynote speaker. He was a you know he was a humorist, and uh, but a lot of people said he's funny. And then my mom got upset about that because she said he's not funny; he's humorous. <laughs> and uh, I, I thought, you know, if it's if it's if it makes a difference to you, Mom, let's go with humorous. So that's what we did. Um, <laughs> well, having a lot of fun with you here today, Aaron. Going to go one more break. Uh, we'll be back then to wrap things up here on uh, Bravehearts Radio. And uh, we're with Aaron Beverly, the uh, world champion of public speaking. An unbelievable story today. And uh, be with us. Uh, stick with us. We'll be back on the other side of 60 Seconds. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Brave Hearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the Mission Specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're talking with Aaron Beverly about an unbelievable story. Connect with us on uh, Bravehearts for Kids at braveheartsforkids.org. Uh, check out Bravehearts. Uh, flagship service, Spotlight Hope, spotlighthope.org, is uh, Brave Hearts for Kids uh, Pediatric Cancer uh, Mobile uh, Resource Guide. Helps families find the resources that they need when they have a sick child, no matter where they go. So my dad used to say, uh, no matter where you go, there you are. I always thought he was trying to be funny. And uh, you know, it's because I thought, what could be more obvious than that, Dad? No matter where you go, there you are. turns out that's Con- Confucius. And uh, Confucius said, uh, no matter where you go, there you are. I think what he was really meaning was where you are is where you really are, not where you would have been if you'd have made a decision that was different or if someone else had done something different. But where you are is where you really are. And when we can accept that, when we can accept the perfection of where we are, the future becomes really limitless. Um, so, uh, segueing from uh, SpotlightHope.org, because uh, no matter where you go, there we are with Spotlight Hope. Uh, be sure to connect with uh, with me on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, we get uh, some terrific connections for shows, show materials. If you want to check out uh, Aaron Beverly, AaronWBeverly.com. That's A-A-R-O-N-W-B-E-V-E-R-L-Y.com. He does uh, keynotes and workshops and seminars. He's a master storyteller, world champion speaker, traveler, uh, world traveler, and a passionate world traveler, and uh, just a, a, a tremendous um, 
uh, fun guest to have here on Bravehearts Radio, and I, I really appreciate your your being with us here today, Aaron. Uh, any p- places uh, in the world that you uh, are really wanting to go? It's got, I, I guess the term bucket list is uh, ubiquitous now. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of places that I really do want to go. And of course, a lot of those places as of right now are closed off because of this coronavirus. Mm-hmm. But I really want to visit countries like Japan, which I was actually scheduled to visit this April or sorry. Mm. Yeah, this April, but of coronavirus, unfortunately, got in the way. So that's going to be put on pause. But other places that I really want to visit, I want to visit Italy. I am really wanting to visit South America, uh, mainly in Brazil. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the main ones that come to mind. But I actually have a goal. I want to step foot on all seven continents. Mm. And right now I'm at five. Wow. You know, you're way ahead of me because I've been to Tijuana, Mexico and Winnipeg outside of the U.S. And I I have some big goals. Um, Sherry's been to 29 countries. I've been to three just outside the U.S. But Victoria Falls is one of the places on my my bucket list. Um, Maybe it's, you know, that's the the naturalist in me. But Medora, North Dakota, the Theodore Roosevelt National Park is my favorite place. And then the second is uh, Muir Woods up north of San Francisco, the the evergreen or the the redwoods, you know, and uh, quiet, amazing, just absolutely amazing place. But Mm. um, yeah, so it's it's great to have a list like that, you know, and and as a as a speaker and a a world traveler, you can you can make that happen, right? Yeah. And actually, that's been one of the benefits of me speaking and getting really far in this Toastmasters organization is that it's an international organization. So if you get your name out there, people will want to hear you speak. And these Toastmaster districts around the world, they have conferences every year and they need speakers. So if you become a viable option for them, they'll invite you to speak and you'll find that you're basically traveling all over the world. And I I figure that it's a great way to get a vacation. All I have to do is speak for a few hours and then I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, you've got a terrific message and it's something that uh, the the idea of the, the unity that you, uh, that, that you, um, you closed your uh, your championship speech with. I think if if anybody really wants to um, uh, uh, take that in, it's easy to find, right? Yep, you can see that on YouTube. Yep, and it's the uh, uh, Aaron Beverly's World Champion of Public Speaking speech, and I, uh, you know, and and I, Bravehearts Radio is under the concept of. Um, a brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. And I'm just going to put this out there to our listeners. If you want to hear a story of courage and service to others, in, in this case to the groom at the wedding you are at, um, listen to Aaron's speech or watch Aaron's world championship speech and uh, you know it's a it's a great example of when he commits to something he takes it very seriously 
And, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and and I, I, I took that to heart. So um, looking forward to uh, to making some good things happen with you and, and uh, maybe doing some traveling together. And, and definitely we want to get to Philadelphia and, and uh, do that Thought Leader Summit. And, you know, the, the traveling, I imagine we'll get uh, we'll get right back to it here eventually. That's a, that's a terrific list you got. And I know that we could go into more detail on that. Um, time does fly when you're having fun. Uh, any, any, any final thoughts here today? I would just say that for anybody who is deathly afraid of public speaking, just know that it is one of the best investments that you can ever make and the greatest investment with the highest return on that investment. You will find that if you just dedicate a little bit of time, you will get a great reward as a result. So just invest a little bit of time learning how to get over the fear of public speaking, spend a little time learning how to refine your messages and learning how to present that to an audience. And if you do that, you will find the world will be your oyster. Wonderful words of wisdom. Uh, Aaron Beverly, the world champion of public speaking, and, and his uh, the title of uh, our show today and of the speech is an unbelievable story. Uh, you've been listening to Brave Hearts Radio on the Voice America flagship variety channel. Remember to check out our BraveHeartsForKids.org and follow and like us on Facebook and email me at missionspecialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org, especially if you got an idea for a uh, program that something that really inspires you if you know a brave heart and then plan to join us every monday at four eastern and one pacific next week we will be talking about the national brave hearts day recap and we will have as our special guest sherry sarver johnson the mad scientist and mad being for make a difference remember that doing good anywhere does good everywhere and we'll see you next week until then be well. Thanks again for joining us this week for Brave Hearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time. 